Okay, so we have Marina Franklin on again. Amazing comedian. You can see her almost everywhere, but Google Marina Franklin on YouTube and watch her stand-up comedy. Do you spell Marina M-A-R-Y-N-A-H-H? Oh, that made me so angry. (laughs) You sound like every Latino uh, receptionist at the hospital. Um, Do you spell Marina like the boat Marina? Yes. She does. She makes a joke about that. That is the comp, that's the, proper way of spelling Marina, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, but I always get, and I don't mean to be offensive by saying Latin, but I always get like, um, I don't know why, but I think they do. They may spell it with a Y or something like that. Even my last name, they go, is there F-R-A-N-K-L-Y-N? I go, no. Who well, look does at, that? Look, here's my name. How do you say my name? Steven. Right, but a I, lot of people don't. I had somebody ask me yesterday. They say Stefan? Yeah, because yeah. since Steph Curry and beyond, before that, but a lot of people, when they see my name, I'm Stefan. And then for a while, I would say, I remember once in a copy shop where I had it written down, I got called out and they said, Stefan. And I said, and I didn't recognize my name being called. And finally, I said, oh, Stephen. And they said, no, Stefan. I said, okay. And then Stephen <laughs> said, I've just been, whatever you want to call me. Whatever. What do you want to know, James? You want to know how you can become better at comedy? Did no, you no. know James does comedy? First well, of all. I know he, he I wrote know, me a while ago, but it's When faded. we were going to do our, or when we did our stand-up at the Bell House. Yeah, he and I, I we did a live Marina. show once for Question of the Day, and we challenged each other. James had always wanted to do stand-up, so we decided we were going to each do like a five-minute piece. So we did once. James, what happened? You asked me. It was I, great. I did. I was gonna, it was fantastic. It, it was so much fun. And the reason I never got back to you after that is I actually didn't come up with the jokes until like that day. So I kind of just came up, and I was nervous as heck, and but it, went up. He, he was really good. It was truly, it was great. Well, that's what, great. That, that's the, the way video. you do it. But is this the, uh, you want to ask Marina about like how to... I want to ask her about her own process. So for instance, after you do a bunch of jokes, or after you do a set, do you go back and watch the video of it to see where you can improve? Well, I don't like watching myself. So but do you think you need I listen, to? You listen. Because there's a difference. Um, even, and this is what I'm learning from podcasts, listening and seeing is two different things. So listening to the audio version of my set, especially when I'm working on new material, will help me um, tighten the set and find out the nuances of where, like I can hear where the audience is laughing. And I use that method a lot when I'm doing late night sets. So not a lot of people can do late night sets. So Stephen Colbert and Conan was a real art form of doing late night sets, which is you go into the club, you have those strong jokes you want to do, you have a clear beginning, middle, and end, and you chisel away at that set in the clubs until you have a strong five minutes. Where And that means when you go back and you listen to the set, you can hear the laughs popping every few seconds or so. Like I like the rhythm of laughter. So if I hear the rhythm of the laughter the way it should be on television, then it's good. If you only listen, what about those late night shows? Don't you think watching helps your timing if you watch how you do? Watching can be deceptive because for me. Because you get too distracted by looking to see what you look like? Yes, I get distracted by seeing what I look like. And also, I, not to pat myself on the back, but... Thank you. I have great facial expressions, so I can trick myself into thinking. Let me see one. She's been doing them the whole time. (laughs) 
I feel like you're not giving us a lot of face because we're doing podcasts. Well, yeah. You're but saving your face for tonight. I am. You got a lot of work to do tonight. I do. Yeah, yeah. Well, okay, so that's another question, which is uh, we've just been backlogging a bunch of uh, podcasts here. Does this ruin your energy for you have to do four shows tonight? No, it's going to actually stimulate me. And I don't mean to. Well, we're sexualized. We're, we're gorgeous. I, I we we're and, gorgeous and, men right and here. And he's so. buff, as we've established, <laughs> I'm, especially the I'm knuckles. Sliced. You're sliced and ripped <laughs> and yep. shredded. Great form. Great form. <laughs> form follows function. Mm. So, but uh, so this will actually energize you for your. Yeah, I'm being very cerebral right now. My mind is activated. Anything you can do to get the mind going before you have to be mm. on stage. Whenever is that when, true? Really, I would think you'd want to save your. Like if there's a if there's a reservoir of mental acuity sharpness, like if there's like a certain number of synapses that can fire in a given day, which I feel like I have a very limited like I have to save them to use them. You don't feel that. You feel like it's. Uh, I feel like I get lazy if I. Huh. Well, if, it's interesting because yeah. it's, it's a, it might be a different synapse. Way to it's cut like, her off, James. Well, uh, I'm sorry to interrupt. I'm an interrupter, but we've his talked about are, his hands are going. <laughs> we've talked about this before with creativity depletion during the day. And I'm wondering if this is more she's going from cerebral to performance because she's already done the jokes mm. before. So you you don't have to think of new jokes between now and tonight, mostly. Well, that's where I do cut off a little bit. I get exhaust, cerebral exhaust. It's like I know I have to sit down. For, actually, this is a new thing for me. I I need to sit down for an hour with my material, with the new stuff. I have a lot of new stuff that's not there yet. So I do need to do that, and I can't seem to do it. I get mentally exhausted. Mm. So let me ask you this. Let's say there's somebody listening who either wants to be a comic like you, <laughs> a comic and an actor God like you, you, or someone out there who's like a mini James Altucher um, who doesn't want to be a comic by trade but like has this fantasy of like doing it like is a huge fan. You Like you're a true appreciate. You love stand-up. You love yes. stand-up more than you love anything else that I know of, right? Pr- pretty so getting much. getting your ass beat it backgammon by me which you that seem to love because you do it so often that's my favorite but anyway, activity but you love stand up and so let's say somebody just wants to do it you know once a year at an open mic so you're a pro and this may be degrading for me to ask a pro a professional a question for total amateurs to think about how to do it but if there's like one or two or three things that you would tell those people what would it be uh, well, just do it is probably the best phrase okay. that's ever been said mm-hmm. ever for any part aspect of life. It really is. You just do it. But also, you have to love it. You really do have to love it to do Because it. why? Because it's a hard road, and it takes a very long time to be good at it. It takes years. I'm 20 years in, maybe 18. <laughs> and it's still, I haven't figured it out. <laughs> Seriously, and it's like I listen to Colin Quinn, who is brilliant, talk about how he still has thoughts about, like, I guess I, you know, just this week talking about, you know, you have to get on stage and try that joke. He's been doing this forever, and he's, so if you don't, if you think you're going to be a star from this, this is not that. We have a lot more to say about this topic right after this quick break. Do you hate the concept of standardized tests as much as I do? And I'm not kidding. I really hate standardized tests. If you're a regular listener of this podcast, there's a pretty good chance you do as well. The problem is 
is that if you decide to go to college or grad school, you're more or less stuck taking one or more of these tests. So you might as well, in fact, you really have to, get the highest possible score you can. So with that said, you should consider joining the 1.5 million students who have chosen Magoosh to prep for their tests online whenever and wherever they want. Magoosh provides online test prep for a wide array of tests, including the SAT, the ACT, GRE, GMAT, LSAT, TOEFL, and Praxis. Magoosh offers a better solution than the traditional prep model, affordable and effective test prep that is 100% online. You can log in anytime, anywhere, on your computer, tablet, or phone to study when you want, where you want. If you get stuck on a problem or concept, Magoosh offers friendly email help from their team of expert tutors. Magoosh's complete test prep starts at under $100 and will be even lower after you hear our special discount. To top it all, Magoosh guarantees you'll improve your score or they'll give you your money back. Join the 1.5 million students who have chosen Magoosh. Go to magoosh.com, that's M-A-G-O-O-S-H.com right now and get 20% off with code QUESTION at checkout. Thanks, Magoosh, for your support. Prep smart, go far, enjoy the ride. Can I ask you about you when you were starting out, when you were learning what it took to be a pro? Was there a point? So you're talking about telling people that it's going to take a lot longer. It's going to be a lot harder. It's it's a long road and you have to love it. And by that, it's, it's, um, you have to have a really good work ethic. So you don't have that if you don't love it, right? So you have, it's like, it's not like a job, but it is like a job in a sense that you, if you love this, you got to put everything into it. So listening to the set. Going home and writing jokes, being prolific, those are all things that will make you good at being a great comic. And how many times a year would you say do you perform? Every night. So Every what night. was it, 365? So and maybe like three, tonight, tonight you're performing four maybe times. Maybe 300. <laughs> but you, some nights you perform more than once, too. Yes, that's true. Oh, I want to know. I want to know when, in your progression, did you realize, or did you know all along, that this is going to be a long, slow process? That I'm going to be bad for a while before I get good. And if that was a realization, were you discouraged? Did you think about doing something different? Hmm, that's a good question. Thank I'm you trying very to much. think of when that happened. I it's our a, question of the day. Then I never thought. <laughs> I never thought about doing anything else. Um, I think the transition of what, how I wanted to be successful at it changed. So I, I would say at seven years in, well, I always had comics. I, I come from the generation of comics who got beat up by older comedians mm. about you're never going to do this. You've got, it's going to take a long time. You've got to work hard. You've got to write your own material. You've got to be original. This new generation of comics aren't getting that beating that we got. Why not? Um, it's, I don't. I think because I'm the, the I'm not doing it. I guess I'm. I maybe I'm nurturing them too so much. So does that mean that they're not working as hard and that they're not writing as much of their own material, or that's now maybe just part of the ethic, the work ethic that has been passed on without you having to beat them up? I think the writing part has passed on without me beating them up, but the um, being a star part is they think they're going to be a star right away, mm. and they it's. I hate to say millennial, mm-hmm. but it is that generation where they kind of expect things to happen. Um, and our, my generation didn't expect anything so, to happen. So speaking, though, of like old generation nurturing new generation, before we started the podcast, you mentioned how 
by you were performing, and Stephen, you were by coincidence there, and Jerry Seinfeld came up and performed right after you. And as you were getting off the stage, he said that was a to you that was a great bit, and even referenced a specific joke. Like, how did you feel? Like, clearly, he was nurturing you there. Yeah, it was a different type of nurturing, though. It wasn't like you know him sitting down and saying, "I want to take you on the road with me," um, which is yeah, that's just different. You know, that what, was nice. What was the joke that he liked? Uh, the one where I talk about the gentrification of Harlem, and I say, uh, I saw a ripe tomato, and I was like, oh, they're coming. <laughs> now, I always like to just leave it there. Sometimes if the audience really doesn't go, I go, the white people are coming. Mm. But I don't want to do that. I feel like it's so clear that, do I really have to spell it out? But that was the joke he loved. And were you like, all all night then, Jerry Seinfeld, like that joke? You, you I'm guessing about that's it? not that big a deal for you. He's just a guy yeah, no. with pants. In fact, not even very good pants. <laughs> he <laughs> I, really does wear mom jeans still, doesn't he? No offense to Drake. He I, wears know, mom I really jeans. don't look at his jeans. Where's mom jeans? I, I notice when men wear mom jeans. Like President really? Obama, Suits. the first time that he uh, he threw out a pitch at a baseball game. He, he was newly president, and I think he threw out a pitch what are at, mom a, jeans? at an all-star they're jeans that your mom would wear. They come high up a little waist. bit too high for they're man. Coming they're coming back in. They should not come back did in. Did you know this? I did not know this, but they shouldn't. They come up too high. They're a little too, like, round in the butt. And it's not about the butt. It's about the jeans. They look like jeans that your mom wears, that, that she'd have a tucked-in blouse and a bright, thick belt. And Looks like be- she just doesn't have time to look good. Uh, uh. And it's, it's, there are, they are coming back in. It's a fashion thing now. Sorry to hear that. My stylist was telling me. He said, but not everything is for everybody. Oh. Get it? So you have a stylist and a trainer and a shrink. What else you got? That's, see, that's all like, is that your whole team? Team Marina. That's a new thing for me though. That's, that's like a whole new, new, like, all of them? Just that whole idea of, I need to do what I need to do to take care of myself. You know, this this is a theme that I've been thinking about a lot lately and trying to do some writing about is the uh, importance of what you might call maintenance generally. Like it's so easy to focus on creativity and innovation and new ideas, but like it's all about the maintenance. You have to... Um, you know, and you can look at this in terms of the physical, like look at the physical infrastructure of America. We built amazing roads, bridges, tunnels, trains, et cetera. And now, not so amazing because it's a pain in the ass. And it's hard to get people excited about it. But as as a professional, when your body and your mind are your career as they are for you, it's what you do. It's part of your work. It's part of your work. And it's it's a mature thought, I guess. It took me a long time to get there. It wasn't like something, like, I think when I would go around doing open mics and just regular, I used to wear overalls, maybe a disco hat. <laughs> I thought funny. It was funny. And, you know, I do kind of miss that too. And I never thought of like, this is the thing that I talk about in therapy. I never thought about it as making money. It wasn't, a, money was not seeking, I was not seeking money. I, I didn't like money. And like receiving money, I didn't like money as a reward. Where did that come from? My father. Remember? But he made a lot of money, and he sought I it. Didn't I? I always. But he also lost and disappeared, yeah. and so that disappearing. So do you think you associated her. it with? You thought you associated making money with having the ability to disappear or something? Yeah, absolutely. <gasps> or that bad things might happen. Yes, thank you, James. Can I just? Can Very I say, good, James? For you, but for anybody listening, 
it's really important to not have, I would argue, that view of money because it's funny because our society and our religions have always encouraged people to, you know, not care about it. But like, you know, the best way to put yourself in a position to help other people Exactly. Yourself, right? But it took me, you see, it, it took me therapy to realize that's the thought. I didn't know that was going on. But even if you, even if someone tells you that's the thought, it's still there. Yes, like you it can't, is. Fair enough. You can't like overcome it, the subconscious. I wish you'd been hanging out with us a lot longer, Marina. I feel that you've made us a lot better. I think we've probably made you a little bit worse off. <laughs> <laughs> But it's been so much fun. But you're gonna Aww. have a great. You're gonna Having have a great. Here. I'm gonna go to one of your sets tonight. So are you really? Yeah, I'm gonna be. You have there. to let me know which one so you can get in. Is it hard? Well, how how much earlier should <laughs> I? I would hate to have you standing out on the sidewalk. <laughs> how much earlier should I arrive? Let's see the eight twenty five one. How are much you going to the eight twenty five? Yeah, you should get there at eight. All right, I, I'll probably get there late. I've been late this week, but that's because of the water from Costa Rica. Don't brush your teeth in Costa Rica. But the thing is, yeah, if I'll get you on the list and you'll see me live. And right. it'll be a lot of fun. All right, yeah, I'll go on the list. Marina Franklin spelled just plain old M-A-R-I-N-A. Nothing special. F-R-A-N-K-L-I-N, <laughs> like Ben. Marina is a special name. It's a special name. It is a special name. It's a special name. It's not a... Uh, you know why? It's Russian. Is that right? <laughs> it is. The it's, other thing uh, is... The very first girl I ever d- dated, actually, Marina Svetlov, Russian. Holy Toledo. The other thing is, if you got a boat, where else can you go? You are literally the harbor of last resort. Love. <laughs> last resort. Let's go with love. Love. Let's go with uh, I feel leftover like love. No ex could forget me. I had mm. an ex who actually loved my name more than me. Mm. He told me that. He goes, I love your name mm. so much. But not enough to actually... Stick around. Yeah. So he's still with the name, but he still I'm has gone. a poster of like your name like, above <laughs> his bed. What do, what do you think Tattoo. is current? Um, what do you think is current? Girlfriend's name is mm-hmm. no one. <laughs> There's no one there. N O O N E. It's a beautiful name, too. Stay tuned. In mere seconds, you will hear a sneak peek of our next question of the day. But first, Thanks to Magoosh for sponsoring today's episode. Magoosh's online test prep is the easiest way to prep for the GRE, GMAT, LSAT, SAT, the ACT, TOEFL, or Praxis. Magoosh offers top quality lesson videos and practice questions at an affordable price. Go to magoosh.com, that's M-A-G-O-O-S-H.com right now to get 20% off with code QUESTION at checkout. Here's what we have lined up for the next episode of Question of the Day. David Ma asks, what's one law that you would get rid of? Which I thought was a great question. I actually put the question out to QOD and Freakonomics followers. So there's some answers from the world. But what's the law that you'd get rid of? Okay, I mean, I'd have to think about it a little bit, but just off the top of my head. Yeah, think about it. Think about it for a little bit. 